0: Suzanne Husseini was the host of one of the most popular Arabic cooking shows in the Middle East. She's a regular contributor to several publications around the world and frequently travels internationally as a featured food presenter. Suzanne lives in Dubai and Ottawa with her husband and three children, and she's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about her beautiful book. It's called Modern Flavors of Arabia, Recipes and Memories from My Middle Eastern Kitchen. Hi, Suzanne. How are you?
1: Hi, Amy. I'm good. Thank
0: you. Well, you know, I'm so pleased to talk to you. I grew up in a in a suburb of Detroit, and my husband was such a fan of Middle Eastern food, and we had so many amazing restaurants there. So I'm familiar with things like Kibbe and the Kibbe Nae and all that lovely stuff. Uh, <laughs> yet I am not. You've, you've had all the good stuff. The good <laughs> stuff, and yet I can't say that I know how to prepare it. So that's one reason I'm excited to talk to you. There are some ingredients in in Middle Eastern food that are a little bit different than, say, your average American cuisine. And I thought maybe we could talk about some of the ingredients that you think really symbolize Middle Eastern cuisine. What makes it unique?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to say that it is, in a lot of ways, like any other cuisine in that it's good home cooking. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the ingredients, of course, are things that you can buy at your local supermarket, of course. Uh, but there are certain ingredients that do stand out. Like um, uh, we use pomegranate molasses. It's a beautiful, thick uh, molasses that is made by um, cooking down pomegranate juice. And as a result, you get this beautiful, tart, brownishy, red um, uh, uh, sort of a lemony, fruity mm. flavor that you can add as a marinade to meat. You can squiggle it on salads to give something a little acidic flavor to complement something sweet. So pomegranate molasses definitely screams the Middle East. As does sumac, this is um, a little, uh, it's from a sumac tree and not the poisonous kind. Uh, it's like a crimson berry that is ground. Again, it gives a, a tart taste that you can also add to foods like caramelized onion that is sweet. When you put that on, it it balances it and makes it sweet and sour. It's really yummy. Um, tahini, of course, uh, is used you know uh, a lot in much more than hummus. Of course, everybody knows hummus and thinks that's the only thing you use it for. But we use it interchangeably in savory dishes and sweet dishes. Oh. And if you know the famous uh, halva, I'm sure you know halva. Yes. Uh or halawa as we call it in Arabic. I mean that is essentially made with tahini but with sugar. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, I when you talked about the molasses or excuse me, pomegranate molasses and the color of the sumac, I thought right away some really vibrant beautiful colors going on. Yes. And I see that in many of the dishes. Well, I know that one way that uh, Middle Eastern cuisine varies from American is the lovely uh, habit of doing, I hope I'm saying it correctly, meze.
1: Or do you say meza? Meza. We would say in Arabic, we call it meza, but there's nothing wrong with saying meze either. And it's such Um, a nice way to
0: entertain and eat.
1: Absolutely. And And it's becoming more and more popular. Don't you find, Amy, nowadays, you know, all over the world, it's, it's the celebration of food. The Middle East and the Arab world is all about, you know, getting together, sharing. It's very, it's very casual. It's not sort of, you know, stuffy and, you know, white tablecloths all the time. There's a time and a place for everything. But generally, people love to eat together. Um, they, they, you know, they like to uh, prepare a feast for the eyes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different dishes of different varying textures, and hot and cold, and sweet and savory, and everything you can possibly imagine. And and people pick and eat and share together, and that just invites conversation. It it invites, um, uh, you know, the togetherness that that people lack unfortunately these days because people eat alone and and they miss out on this. Wonderful experience. And this is so typical of the Middle East. And, and it's beginning, it's getting hotter and hotter, I find, with more and more people. It's a, a lovely way to entertain. And um, uh, people get to taste many dishes rather than, you know, ordering a main course and a starter and that's it. You get to taste the world, yeah. you know, on on your
0: table. Yeah, very so, social and fun way to be able to taste all kinds of things. Well, in addition to some unusual sure. ingredients, there are a couple of unusual tools as well that you might call for in Arabic cuisine. And I know that, for example, I was looking at this gorgeous picture of the pistachio, walnut, and date pastries. How do you pronounce what, what that name is? Uh,
1: mamoul, mamoul. Mamoul. And they're so... a a m a a. M-O-U-L, yes.
0: And they're so beautiful, and I thought, how did she make those? I couldn't figure it out, and then I read down (laughs) about the pastry pinchers, and I have to laugh because Sarah here in the studio said, pastry pinchers, aren't those our fingers? (laughs) But you have a different tool, don't you, for a pastry pincher?
1: Yes. It's actually just like if you could try to imagine a tweezer, okay, Uh, you know, like an eyebrow tweezer, but, you know, about two times or three times wider, okay in in width, so and and that it has a jaggedy edge on either side, so uh, that's what basically this looks like, and it's about you know two inches long, so you hold this in your finger after you've made the pastry and filled it with the dates or the nuts or whatever and this is a very soft, pliable pastry, but it's sturdy enough and gentle enough to be able to pinch to make a decoration, so that's what you're doing. you are uh, imprinting a little uh, jagged edge and you do it any way which you, way you like I mean I like to make flowers and leaves as you see in the book
0: oh they're so and pretty I'm sure it's
1: time well you know it's fiddly and it's time consuming yes but you know some things are that way, and it's it's the love that you put in it, or that little extra attention, and it is for a special occasion. Certainly, people don't do this every day. Dessert is not, you know, um, on everybody's um, uh, table every every night of the of the week because that's not the way people of the Mediterranean eat anyway. Right. We generally save desserts and things like this for special occasions. So it'd be Easter, Christmas. Uh, whatever you know, the holiday. Well, it's, so you you go to that extra trouble.
0: <laughs> it's gorgeous though, and th- and I'm so glad to know about the little pincher though, because I thought, how did she cut those so well? So <laughs> I'm very impressed <laughs> to know there's a tool for that. And then, of course, I love this rice pudding with date compote. Now, you say that you don't, you know, have dessert necessarily with every meal, and yet this is another no. lovely classic. I mean, I feel like every cuisine has its rice pudding variation, yeah. but yours with the date on top just looks so appealing.
1: Yeah, well, I agree with you too, Amy, that, uh, yes, rice pudding is something that sort of connects us all as as cultures, wherever, you know, there was the basic grain like rice or it could have been wheat, and then, of course, milk that's, you know, that comes from cows or goats or milk. I mean, everybody had that at their disposal and figured out that rice pudding works, and uh, we all have it. I love the addition of adding Different things to the rice pudding, as creamy and luscious as it is on its own, it's it's yummy. But the dates give it just that little exotic, um, almost a a buttery caramel uh, flavor. Um, And you don't need a lot of it; just just a hint, you know, Mm -hmm. just to take things up a notch. And a little, few nuts on top, like pistachios or almonds, as well, sort of takes it to another level. And I also add a little bit of citrus and orange zest to the dates as well, so. There's another layer of flavor on top of that, so it's a real a surprise in every bite.
0: Well, there are surprises on every page. The book is called "Modern <laughs> Flavors of Arabia: Recipes and Memories from My Middle Eastern Kitchen" by Suzanne Husseini. And you know, I am truly just so inspired by this. I think it would be a great way oh. to get to know another cuisine, a great way to have a fun dinner party, or or take the yeah. kids around the world at the dinner table. So tell me, if you were having a gathering of your family and friends and wanted to prepare a special meal, walk me through what you might serve.
1: A special meal, you know, from my book? Well, other than the other than the Meza way, which is sort of my favorite way of entertaining, I, you know, if I wanted to do a casual dinner, I would do, you know, shawarma. You, I'm sure you know what shawarma is.
0: I'm not sure right? I do. I'm not sure the I do. Is
1: that um is that sliced meat that's vertically you know you you it's, it's street food that you would buy you know in a sandwich it's um it, it's a Oh kind of like a, we a call vertical. them euros. Are we talking about... Uh, yeah, exactly. Gyros, yeah. gyros, yeah. salerma. It's really hot in Canada right now. That would be a way... Like, I, I actually um, uh, marinate the lamb or the, any beef that you like and uh, uh, put it on the barbecue the following day. Treat it as a beautiful piece of meat that it is, like a big steak. And then you slice it really thin. You prepare all the condiments. Uh, you know, like the tahini sauce and tomatoes mm-hmm. and, and parsley and mint and all the things that go with it and just let people, you know, open up their pita breads and make their own sandwiches and, uh, you know, it's, it's entertaining and it's casual and everybody enjoys it and it's um, it's nutritious and healthy. And, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite ways of entertaining, definitely.
0: Oh, I love that idea. Well, you've got to check it out. It's Modern Flavors of Arabia, Recipes and Memories from My Middle Eastern Kitchen by Suzanne Husseini. And Suzanne has given us a recipe that I'm going to put on amystable.com. It's a creamy lentil soup. And I'll put that recipe online. Um, and yes. Yeah, it sounds fantastic for this time of year, as well as I will link right through to Suzanne's website, which is SuzanneHusseini.com. And, of course, you can get the book wherever books are sold, including Amazon.com. Suzanne, thanks so much for joining us
1: oh, it's it's uh, completely my pleasure. And I just want to say to you and to all your listeners that um this this book really meant a lot to me, and it was a, a journey of love that I, I you know it took me two years to finish it. And I really wanted to build a bridge uh, to everyone who picks up my book that somehow, some way, through food, we are all connected. And, um, and, and forever connected, because we are all people in the end. We're all the same. We all love to eat. And this is my way of, of introducing you to my heritage and my culture through food.
0: Oh, and, well uh, said so and beautifully I like said. I love that way. That's great. Well, Suzanne, thank you. That's a great bridge, a tasty one at that. So thank you.
1: Yes. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate this. Thank you, and, and happy cooking.
0: Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q.
1: It's Amy's table with Amy man. Yeah. Q. One.